0: Welcome to Speak with Ipukong. This is a podcast where guests can share their stories and delve into how they came through their journey in life, who and what they encountered along the way, and where they are now. The Decades series continues where guests will share their recollections of decades they have lived and the one they are in now. welcome back to speak with ibokun i am still with lisa and we are now in her current decade her sixth decade when we left her fifth decade she had the word horrendous in terms of the last 4 years where it seemed a, a lot had happened that wasn't wasn't quite a, what she expected so no <laughs> Yeah, it, it it sounds like a whole lot had happened to you, Lisa. So age 50, where does that find you? Um, age 50 found me
1: starting a new life as a single mom and also trying to get some sort of perspective as far as what I would be doing to try to um, earn money. Because i hadn't worked since I became a mom, so it' been i'd been a long time out of out of um any sort of working environment and it was just a it was just a a new season mm-hmm. uh you know, lots of challenges uh that I was not prepared for yeah.
0: <laughs> I can imagine that that was tough so what 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 was the first thing you did for a job um when you Got to to get in one.
1: Yes, um, the first, uh, yeah. So I was saying to you that one that I had joined this ladies' group that was part of the church that um, we were attending, and one of the ladies' husbands had a big warehouse. His company worked out of a warehouse, mm-hmm. and so he had a lot of space to where he could um, store a lot of our items Mm. from our home that we were leaving and moving out of. And that was such a huge blessing. So he came and he sort of took inventory of what he was going to need to store at the warehouse. Mm. And um, because we didn't know where we were going, we didn't know what was going to happen. And at that point in time, you know what? This is, God is just so incredible. That day, was the day that my friend I was saying to you was on the phone with the council and we had nowhere to go. We didn't know what was going to happen. Right. Mm. And I remember having this moment because all of the ladies in the group came to help me pack up the house, Mm. came to help clean the house. Cause it was a, it was a five bedroom home with four floors. So it was a big house, big house. Yes. Mm. And, um, so I had a moment in the day when I was on my own and I was having a conversation with God and I said to him, I don't know what's happening. I don't understand what is going on. And usually when I speak or pray, I do not make demands. (laughs) I ask. You know, like how you, you teach your children to have good manners. It's yeah. like, you know, God is my father. I have good manners when I come up to my dad and want something from him. Um, but that day wasn't one of those moments. Mm. And I said to him, I need you to tell me and show me it's going to be okay. Mm. I need you to tell me we're going to be okay. And, um. And that's, it was literally just, you know, a five or six second conversation with God that I had, because that's all the time I had that day. So towards the end of the evening, the ladies left and um, one of the ladies' husbands came and to take inventory and, and start. He did take some things that evening, but the next day he mm-hmm. was coming with a huge, a huge um, vans and mm-hmm. some of his staff from the warehouse were going to come and take out the furniture. That evening when he came, I didn't. I had seen him and maybe been like in a, a group gathering okay. um, with him, but you know I didn't really know him um, as well as I knew his wife. Mm. And mm. he came in and was taking measurements up and stuff like that. And he said, "So what? What are your plans? What are you going to do?" And I said, "Well, I need to find a job." And he said, "Well, what do you do?" And I said, um, "Well, I was a uh, an executive assistant uh, that was the last thing I did before I had my daughter and he said well he said when you're ready um, I'll give you a job he's all just get in contact with me I have my own company I'll, I'll give you a job mm. and and I just looked at him and I started crying and I, you know, it's like, you, you don't necessarily find yourself crying in front of people you don't know that well, but I was, I could not contain these tears and I was just sobbing. And in mm. between the sobbing, I said to him, why would you do that? You don't know me. Why would you give me a job? And he, and he looked at me and he's like, don't cry, don't, he's like, please don't cry. He said, you know, we love you. And, mm. um, and he said, he looked at me and he said, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And I really felt that was God. That moment, God utilized that man to answer my prayer, to answer my demand.
0: Because you had, um, you had asked God yes, to show you
1: yes, that, yeah, that,
0: yes. that you'll be okay. That, that's yeah. an amazing hum, um, kindness that, that was shown to you by the ladies from the church. Oh, and, yeah. and then the husband of one of the ladies yeah. coming and, and doing that, obviously yes. not demanding anything of you, and you not even yes. understanding where such yeah. generosity of spirit uh, could <laughs> come from. But yeah. but that's a very interesting point because I think that's human nature. We don't quite understand why people would be nice without an ulterior motive. N-
1: um. Yes. Um. I suppose, yes, especially from, yes, when I was having the conversation with the man, most definitely. Mm. The ladies, because I had been a part of the group, it was really, they were amazing. And they were so wonderful in that sense. You Mm. know, um, they were a very special group of ladies. And Mm. we are, um, for the most part, still in contact with one another. So that's, yeah, it's, it's really, really, really nice. Um, but yeah, you're right that the generosity of spirit was just so, so amazing. So incredible at that time. Yeah.
0: So did you take up a job with him? then? Was that your first what?
1: job? That was my first job. Yes,
0: it was my first
1: job. And, um, I stayed there for about a year. I stayed there for about a year. Um, and then after that, it wasn't in the same town that I lived in. So I had to do a little bit of commuting and it was a bit tricky. You know, I know that I'm a single mom, but hats off to all the single moms out there because it is really tricky. If you haven't got a support system, like, you know, I had to pick up my kids from school. There wasn't somebody else who could do that. So I was really blessed with, um, this man offering a position to me because he allowed me to finish work at three so that I I could go and pick up my kids, you know, from school. So there, you know, it was just incredible, you know, that, that time. Um, But um, that was the first thing I did. I was there for a year. And then after that, um, once we finally got into a home, life changed Mm. a little bit for me in the sense that I, I feel that everything caught up with me and in the sense that throughout the time of when the marriage started to fall apart and going through the motions of the divorce, not knowing where we were going to live. So much was going on that kept me occupied. And I was constantly thinking of the children. My main thing was keeping them in the same school. Mm. I didn't want to have to relocate um, unless it was going back to America, but I didn't want to take them out of a school because that was their constant. Their Mm. family had fallen apart. Their mother had gotten ill. Their constant was school, was their teachers, was their friends, was their groups that they were involved in. So that was really important to me. Um, And once we were in a house that was close to school, and we were starting to function and have a life and progress, I kind of fell apart. That was my time to where I, what I had been suppressing and pushing down on how everything affected me Mm. kind of came to the surface because there wasn't really anything else that could preoccupy that brain space. Mm. (laughs) Um,
0: So in a time of quiet, it all came back up. Yeah. Yeah. How and did you
1: time. deal with that? Um I gosh, I haven't thought about it in such a long time. How did I deal with it? Um the ladies in my group um were a big help in their own little way. Um like individually, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um there was another lady in the group who was um kind of going through a similar situation but not as severe as mine. So there was comfort in that. And it was, it was really nice to have the conversations that we had in regards to her. She didn't have cancer, but the breakdown of her family was quite similar, but her children were older. Um, again, uh, just incredible conversations that you don't realize sometimes where your strengths come from or how you're still standing when you're going through certain periods of time. Mm. And, you know, I heavily relied on my Bible on, on the Lord to just get me through this time. Mm. I didn't want to look at myself. I didn't know how to fix. I, I liked being preoccupied with making sure the kids were okay. Making sure that, you know, you know, finding out what the next thing was, I didn't want to have to think about me. Mm. So it was, it was hard. It was very, very hard because I had to look at what I didn't address before. Mm. And that was that was really, really difficult.
0: Follow us on Instagram at speak podcast and you will find each guest has an interesting fact or picture to share with you. Let's get back to the interview.
1: Um and just, you know, even conversations with my friend from uh America who would she came every year and she still does to this day you know Mm. she comes every year we go to the ladies conference every year Mm. you know so um knowing I had to just lean I just God just had to carry me I'm sure you know have you have you seen the um footsteps in the sand yes the reference to that love that
0: poem yeah
1: yeah so you know I definitely wasn't walking those days. Mm. He was carrying me, you know, by the grace of God, I got through that time. Mm. No word of a lie because I did not have the strength or the energy getting out. All I could do, all I could do at that period in time was get up in the morning, wake the kids up, make sure they had breakfast, got them dressed, got them to school. Mm. I'd come back home and I would just collapse on the sofa and just cry. And and didn't know, didn't understand how I got to this place and mm. what did it mean for me, you know. So so many questions um, surface in my mind, especially at that time in my life, that age, you know. What were my prospects? What was I going to be doing? What, how was I going to? How was this going to work? And mm. you know, a part of me just really wanted to to go home because I didn't feel that. This isn't the future I signed up for, for my kids. This isn't what I wanted for them. <clears throat> um, so there was a lot of concern and it was, it was a hard, a hard time mm. that, but, you know, slowly and surely I just got through it and honestly, by the grace of God
0: mm. and by the him grace utilizing
1: God. Yeah, because, you know, he would put people in my path that mm. I need, mm. you know, that are still part of my inner circle, mm. you know, to, to this day. Um,
0: when you said go home, what, what do you mean by go I home? I meant
1: I wanted to go back to America.
0: Um, oh, okay, okay.
1: Because this, you know, this was our, our life had just changed so drastically and it was very uncomfortable.
0: Mm -hmm. It was
1: very hard. It was the hardest time in my life, um, without a doubt. And I just thought without family and I I just didn't know how I was going to do it. And so that was and I felt in limbo um, that we we ended up going to court um, because I really wanted to go home and I couldn't take the children out of the country without their father's permission and he's English, um, but I had nothing, I had no one here in the mm. UK, so we went to court, and um, the case got dismissed, and I was really, again, that was just another blow, <laughs> um, no, but for whatever reason, God wanted me here, mm. God wanted me here in the UK, and as painful as it was for me to accept that, it's I had, I just had to, I had to, and I had to endure that. And I had to, you know, the court case went on for a good six months and it was grueling. It was awful. We changed judges, um, you know, and at the end of the day for all of that fighting for the case to be dismissed was just awful. Mm. So, so soul destroying. And I think that's the camel that broke the camel. That's the straw that broke the camel's back. And that's mm-hmm. when I just plummeted into, you know, a breakdown. I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Um, so yeah, that that's that's when everything really. I just thought I haven't got anything. I haven't got anything else, God. You know mm-hmm. what what what's going to happen here? And I found it really difficult. We were struggling financially, even though I had had um, a job. I had left that job after a year and had gotten a different job that was less hours because Mm -hmm. my children were not so much my daughter, but my son was struggling at school. Okay. And um, every other weekend they would spend with their father Mm -hmm. and the teachers would notice his behavior. My son's behavior would change drastically when it was coming up to a weekend that he would be spending with his dad. So he had a lot of behavioral issues and we had to address that. I needed to be present more. Um, So working really wasn't, or working as much as I was doing in my first job was working as a family unit for us. And again, that was always a struggle. Um, And also, so the second job I got where I worked less and was working closer to home, it wasn't a good fit Um, for me personally, Mm. so that was, you know, again, there were so many changes, just so many transitions. I was, you know, there's no manual on how to be a single parent and everyone's situation is different. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's just for me, I've always just wanted to make sure that the kids were okay and, you know, just try to do the best that I could. Um, So yeah, it was that was that was a struggle. Mm.
0: And and in in that sense, because um, this is the fifth year of your sixth decade. If you were to put a headline on those five years, what would it be?
1: It would be. It's you know there has been so much of someone listening to this could just think that there's just been so much struggle and you know so much hardship and and it's not that there hasn't been but i am so grateful for the struggle i am so grateful for the hardship and and i'm so grateful to god that we have done it together as a family the kids and i because You know, he answered those prayers that I prayed when I was laying in my bed going through Mm. chemo. I want to be here. I want to see my children grow up. I want, you know, that is so vital to me at that point in time. That's what was keeping me going Mm. is that I could see my children grow up. Um, I have never had a stronger relationship in my faith with God than I do now. I am so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for Um, my children knowing who he is. That is my legacy. That is the most important thing that um, I want to leave them when I go is that they know Jesus Mm. Um, and, and they can look at our story and look at it from the perspective of my mom, not necessarily their story too, but they can see how much I leaned on him, how Mm. much he did for us because it is something that I always point out to them. You know, we couldn't get this far without him, you know? So mm-hmm. as much as there's been the struggle and it, my, I really believe that the children on I are better people because of the struggle, because mm. we've had to lean on God and it's, you know, with, with, with his grace, with his mercy, with his wisdom, everything, you know, that we have now the strength within us now, Mm. um, who we are and who, you know, who they're going to be Mm. as they, you know, enter adulthood is, is all it's all because of him. So I, you know, I can't, I'm just grateful to be here still, you know, and I'm 10 years cancer free, I guess you could kind of say. Brilliant. so Wonderful. and the doctors have written me off. They're like, we're releasing you. They can't mm. say you're cured. But I know by his stripes I'm cured. I know Brilliant. he healed, you know. Wow. It's like every day that I wake up, regardless mm. of what the struggle is, I'm here and it's a miracle, and ac- according to medical science. Do you know what I mean? Praise yeah, God. I do. Hands up, yeah.
0: everything now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah up. that that's yeah. such a wonderful and powerful statement to make despite it all. Yeah you yeah. you know that struggle has made you into who you are today which comes yeah. across as powerful, filled with joy because Thank you've me. been through so much. <laughs> You still have that wonderful love and, and also manner about you. So thank you, Lisa, thank you. so much for agreeing to record your decades. I'm wishing you many more uh, in thank decades you. for the future.
1: Oh, thank uh, you,
0: Iba Coon. It's it, been a pleasure. <laughs> brilliant. Anything you want to say to the listeners beyond what you've just shared? I
1: don't know. I wish I had something really, you know... <laughs> meaningful to say um i I think i think that one of the things i'd like to say is that you know i still don't know i still don't know what he has in store for me Mm. why i've got this second chance um, of living life but i'm okay with that Um, i also feel that there was a moment i remember being in church i don't go to the same church that we used to go to i go to a different church now and it's closer. To home Mm. and I remember listening to someone about going home you know and and home meaning heaven Mm. that we're ambassadors here Mm. you know and I remember that spoke into my spirit so much Mm. and it really helped stop the yearning of going home of going to going back to America Ah. because that changed home wasn't america anymore home Mm. is heaven
0: you know amazing so amazing how that perspective changed yeah yeah okay that was good but yeah thank you so much (laughs) for listening to speak with ipokun that has been lisa's decades as she is as she's come to her six decades so far with many more ahead of her reach out let us know your thoughts via instagram and we'll catch you in the next series. Thank you. Thank you for listening. All of us have a story to share. You can contact us at info at or learn more about this podcast at www.thespeakpodcast.com. I hope to welcome you on the next
1: episode.